0: Well, good morning. Uh, I want to thank everybody for praying for me and my family as we uh, were going through the sickness and the, having all that just junk. And uh, thank you for that. I know there are others struggling with illnesses right now as well. And that's why maybe our, our numbers are a little lower this morning. Uh, but I am thankful to be back. Um, I don't ever like to miss a, a Sunday or uh, miss an opportunity to be encouraged. So. Um, I am thankful to be back and I know my family is as well. Um, we are going to be doing uh, something a little different this morning. I, I've been doing our series through Luke um, and with our table talks and looking at the lessons we learned. Uh, we're going to divert from that this week um, and, and talk about a, a different thing and um, I, I hope it'll be encouraging. It was encouraging for me to go through it and I hope it'll be encouraging uh, for you as well. Two of the worst storms that I could possibly think about and storms that I've actually gone through are number one, a tornado. And what is so scary to me about a tornado is that it's uh, so fast, it's so hard hitting, it's so sometimes unseen because for some reason uh, tornadoes come at night most of the time. Uh, and it's always not fun, especially if you're in the state of Alabama because. Uh, usually you can't see the storms because of, first off nightfall, second off there's these massive trees in the way uh, of being able to see anything and, and so tornadoes really scare me for that fact but then you also have these storms in the south. We may not be as affected as much up here uh, but my wife certainly was being raised in Florida. They were always ready for hurricane season to come about. Um, uh, one thing about hurricanes though that Uh, Differs a lot from a tornado is that you can usually plan three weeks in advance that here comes a hurricane, right? You usually have uh, people letting you know here's this uh, weather event happening in the Gulf. It's going to be here, and so so you had time to prepare, right? Uh, And usually a question we'll ask each other, and oftentimes our daughters ask us, uh, maybe because we do look at the weather so much, is which storm would you rather have to face? And so my question to us this morning is, which storm would we rather have to face? Would you rather have to face a tornado, or would you rather have to face uh, a an hurricane? For me, I'd rather face neither, but if I had to choose one, I'd rather choose the hurricane. Because tornadoes freak me out, to be honest, because they are so uh, unplanned for. They're so unseen. Uh, yes, we can tell there's a, a weather event coming maybe a day before, but still, you never know if a tornado is going to hit. Uh, you never know if it's going to happen where you're at. And so that's why a hurricane may be more appealing to me is because I can play in and I can say, see you later, right? Now, I want to take that same idea and I want to relate it to our, our Christian walk, right? Which of those, if you were to see those in, in terms of trials, would you rather face? Would you rather face the trial like the tornado? The trial that comes about unplanned, unseen, we don't know it's coming and all of a sudden in the middle of the night we just have a trial hit us or would you rather go through the trial that you know is coming uh, when you think about what's going on right now in, in our lives uh, we have a tornado trial happening right one that none of us could have planned for one that just came upon all of us all of a sudden but when you think about maybe in the terms of a, a hurricane trial maybe it's we're in a recession Right? And maybe the, the job you have, the, the career you've chosen uh, is not so essential or, or something along those lines. And you know your job may be coming to an end, right? C- certainly losing a job is a trial, and, but at least it's maybe one you can plan for, right? Now, which of those types of trials would you rather go through in your life? If you're like me, my answer was neither. I don't want to go through any trial. Right? I don't want to have to face any of that. I don't want to face the one that's going to hit me all of a sudden. I don't want to face the one that I can see coming. Right? Because we don't like trials. We don't like to have to go through these things because they just stink. They're not fun. And we don't want to have to do that. And this morning, I want to talk about uh, calming the storm. Right? Um, In Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, we're going to be looking at This particular text because I think it's so applicable to us today on just understanding how to get through a storm in our life, right? Uh, How to get through things that we're facing. And it's such a wonderful part of scripture too because we see just how amazing Jesus uh, was while he was on the earth, but we understand how great our God is through this text. And we really, I really want to hopefully drive home some important application for us at the end of this that will hopefully encourage us in the weeks upcoming um, and encourage us as we are, are going to be going through uh, this storm in our lives right now. So just to understand the context of what's going on, uh, I was reading through this and maybe a, a good lesson for uh, just to help us understand what was happening is Jesus in this gospel account of Mark. Uh, Jesus has already started. Uh, he's come onto the scene and Mark chapter one, verses nine through 11, right? He's baptized by John the Baptist. The the voice of God comes out and says, this is my son, right? But then Jesus goes off into the wilderness um, and is tempted by Satan. We're really only given a couple of verses about what happens there. And then we see Jesus come back from the wilderness and he starts preaching, right? He really kicks off his ministry and he starts it with his entire purpose and that was to come and preach. And he's preaching that the kingdom of God is at hand, the time is fulfilled, repent and believe, right? And so he's letting people know God's reign is coming back. I'm here, I'm the Messiah, the guy that was prophesied about, the guy y'all should have been waiting for, right? I'm here, so here's two uh, actions you should take, repent and believe. And so we see him doing that. Well, then right after that, now we're seeing Jesus continue his preaching ministry, but now he's throwing in healings, and casting out of demons, right? And you'll see that really happen for the first nine chapters. First eight chapters, really, is where a majority of his uh, miracles happen in the Gospel of Mark. And it's intentional because um, Jesus is really trying to prove who he is, right? He's trying to prove that he is the Messiah, he is the Christ. And so that's why you have in chapter 8 that pivotal section of Mark chapter 8 verses 27 and through following right there where he questions his own disciples who the people think that he is and who do you think that I am right because he's wanting them to understand who he truly is right and so he's doing all this teaching and he's performing these miracles well uh, also in that same area we get to Mark chapter 4 he's starting to teach parables right and we have the parable of the sowers we often understand it but uh, I like to make the argument in Mark's account, it's more of the parable of the soils, because he spends more time focusing on the different types of hearts that are accepting the word than he does actually the word being sown, right? And he talks about those four different types of soils in Mark chapter 4. Uh, you have the hard-packed road, way the, by the road. You have the Um, rocky ground you have the ground that has thorns and thistles coming up but you also have the good ground right and he's talking in the sense of uh, these are the different types of hearts and how they will accept the word of God right how they will accept it and believe and really let it grow in their lives and uh, he'll go on to talk about later on the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed The reign of God in our lives is like that little seed that once we let it grow in our garden, it can become the greatest plant, right? And that's what our faith, that's what our trust in God and letting God reign in our lives can do. While, yes, it starts small, it can grow into the biggest thing in our lives. And then he gets to this moment in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through uh, 41, where he's getting on a boat. Notice, on that day... When evening had come, he said to them, talking about his followers, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and the other boats were with him. Why did Jesus have to get in the boat? Right? If you go through Mark's account, and maybe this is a, a series in itself, if you go through Mark's gospel account, Jesus spends a lot of time in a boat. Why? because that was oftentimes his only time he could really teach his followers. Because if you notice throughout Mark's account, you'll see the multitude following him. You'll see the massive crowds following him. And he never really was able to have that alone time with his apostles. And so oftentimes we'd find him in a boat. And in those times he's in that boat, he's teaching. And notice what's happening here. He's having a teaching moment. They get in the boat, they go across to the other side. Most of the time you'll see in these accounts uh, of Mark when he's in this boat, he's going from the Jewish side, which is most likely on the western shores of uh, the Sea of Galilee, and he'd be going across to the eastern side, which was Gentile territory, right? And and so he would spend all that time traveling in between, going from the Jewish side to the Gentile side. And what's interesting as well is if you go through uh, Mark's account is, He's never really accepted very well on the Jewish side, but when he shows up to the Gentile side, there's usually not a crowd waiting for him, um, which is interesting when you start reading through that. All right, so they're on a boat. He's got his followers with him, and notice what happens. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves be- were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. All right, now we have to understand about who's some of these followers, right? Jesus chose his followers, Um, And most of them were fishermen. They knew the Sea of Galilee very well, right? But all of a sudden, this great windstorm arose. This great, massive storm happens. Um, The Sea of Galilee was very prone to uh, storms because of its geography. Um, The Sea of Galilee is about, uh, I think, 11 miles long and 6 miles wide. It's surrounded by, on the northern side, Uh, mountain range, right? Uh, You have the cool airs from the mountain ranges being funneled down into uh, the Sea of Galilee where it's very warm and and those would mix and often cause storms to happen. Uh, And so these fishermen would have been very well versed in storms happening on this particular sea. But what was so great about this one is that it actually scared these fishermen, right? Notice what was happening. Uh, This great storm arose, it brought about these big waves so that the boat was being filled with water. Verse 38, but he was in the uh, stern of the boat, uh, talking about Jesus, asleep on the cushion. I always find this very funny, I guess, in this part of the text. Why was Jesus asleep? Well, if you've read the first four chapters, you know he is keeping a blazing pace for a missionary right now. He is constantly teaching. He's having to stay awake all night, healing people. Not only is he staying awake all night, he's still getting up early in the morning to go and be with God and be in those desolate places to pray and to prepare himself. And so he's on a boat. He's going to find time to take a nap, right? But all of a sudden this storm comes about and all these people are freaking out in the boat with him. And so while he's asleep on the cushion, they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care? That we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. You see, Jesus had already proven to these people of who he was, but they struggled understanding who he was, right? He had already performed great miracles up to this point. They've seen him perform these miracles, yet look at their faith right now. They're scared they're going to die. Was Jesus going to let them die? No, Jesus was on the boat with them, right? And so he rebukes the wind. He says three words and everything becomes calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? I was looking into these words because you'll see later on he talks about uh, they were filled with great fear. And I thought, well, maybe afraid right there is the same word, phobos, that we often see for the word fear. It's not. It's actually the word adelos, which has the idea of being cowardly. Jesus is looking to these followers of his his and saying, why are you being such big cowards? Why are you so scared right now? Why are you being big babies, right? It's just a storm. I'm on the boat with you. Why are you so scared, right? Notice what he contrasts that with. Have you still no faith? when you start to think about what he's been preaching before this, about these different parables, about how God's kingdom, how his reign in your life is interacting with your life, what is he saying to them? You guys aren't really taking in the word of God, are you? You guys really aren't really having the the kingdom of God reign in your lives. Why do you have such little faith? And what we also notice from this point, too, is that when we have little faith, we become bigger cowards. Isn't that true? Right? When we struggle in our faith, we become more afraid of our surroundings, of our circumstances. But when we lose trust in God, we start focusing more on the externals and starting to worry a lot more. He then goes on to say what happens later on in verse 41. And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? They didn't know yet, and they were asking that question, and Mark purposely puts these questions in there for us as the readers to ask that same question. Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Well, what's the answer? It's the Christ. It's God himself on the earth, in the flesh, and he's able to do these things, right? And so should we be so afraid when we have things happening in our lives? Should we be so scared No, we should have a great faith and will help us in our fear, help us in our uh, being afraid. Some of the applications I want to make from this text, and I hope you notice that it's in here, there will be storms. Just like there were storms all the time on the Sea of Galilee, there's going to be storms in our life, right? Some of them will be those tornadoes that we can't foresee. We can't know that they're coming. And what you'll notice in James chapter one verses two through four, uh, I use this often. Or James chapter one verse two: Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds." James doesn't say if you meet trials, and if you've been Christian, uh, been a Christian long enough, or if you've been alive long enough, trials aren't a matter of if; they're a matter of when. I wish I could stand up here and tell you, you, if you choose to be a Christian, you'll no longer have to face trials in your life. But I can't. Because it happens. Now, thankfully, and I was able to talk to the teens this morning, with God, those trials become a lot easier. While, yes, they're still tough, we have a God to look to. We have a God to hope in. We have an inheritance to hope in. And we have a faith to help us get through that. You see, there are going to be storms in our life. And it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Are we going to find ourselves afraid? Because Jesus says that happens really when our faith is weak. See, that's why it's so important for us to make sure we're doing our very best to remain faithful, to stay strong in our faith with our prayer life, with our study life, with our our being around other Christians' life. Because when those trials hit... We want to have and be as prepared as we possibly can. Next, Jesus can calm those storms. I hope you notice that as well. Yes, it's very physical of what's happening in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. There is a literal physical storm happening, and Jesus is able to show his power over the natural realm by waking up and saying three words and having everything go calm. But isn't Jesus also able to help us with the storms that we're having in our life? Right, He makes mention of that in Matthew eleven verses twenty eight through thirty. Right, come to Me, all who are are struggling in life, weary or heavy laden, is he, how He puts it, and He'll give us rest. Rest sounds like peace in my world, my uh, understanding. Right, He says, "I'll bring me your yoke and take my yoke upon you. His yoke is easy and his burden is light." Can't Jesus calm the storms in our life? Can't he help give us rest? Yes. You also notice in Philippians 4, 6 through 9, this idea of going to God and the peace of God coming to us. Go to God when you find yourselves struggling in your life. Go to God with your prayers, your anxieties, your worries, and all of these different things so that the peace of God can come into your life. Peace sounds like calm waters. Peace sounds like the storm is is able to be calmed in your life. Doesn't mean that God's getting rid of the storms. It just means he's helping you go through them, right? And that's what I want you to see from this text that we've gone through this morning is that we may be in the storm, but we should have the person with us that can help us get through that storm, and that's Jesus, The last thing I want to mention to you is who you have in your boat matters. Imagine if they didn't bring Jesus along in their boat. They would have still gone through that storm. And sadly, if we're speculating, that boat would have sank. Same thing can happen in our life as well. Notice what happens in Job. He's kind of our our, our bad news person when we go to to talk about how to go through trials, right? He has great massive trials, storms happen in his life some literal, uh, some also just in the figurative sense, right? He loses his family, he loses his farm, he loses everything. That's pretty bad. Those are some pretty bad storms, right? And how did he go through it? He had those three friends that came into his life, and for the first week, they were awesome. They sat there, they were quiet, and they just kept their mouth shut, and they just wept with them. They were sorry for him, they were sorry with him. But then Job opens his mouth, and they said, Oop, here's our opportunity. Let's go ahead and mention why else we think Job's going through this. And what did that cause? Just more turmoil in his life. Maybe even more storms, because now he's realizing, Wow, my friends don't really have my back. And if we're thinking to ourselves, when we've gone through those trials, how much can friends truly help you through those trials? A whole lot. How much can they hurt you through those trials as well? A whole lot. So who you have in your boat matters. Now, the most important person, most important being you can have in your boat is God himself, right? If you don't have Jesus in your life, if you don't have God in your life, I don't know how people get through trials. I've had trials that I've had in my life. And if I didn't have Jesus, I don't know where I would be today. And the same thing, I want to encourage you. Who you have in your boat matters. But also remember, yes, we need to have Jesus, but we need to have his people too. We can put followers of the world in our life, but when those trials hit, what are they going to help us? How are they going to help us get through those trials? Worldly things. Have you ever tried to use a worldly thing to get through a trial? I have. doesn't work, right? Because guess what? You're still going to feel empty afterwards. You're still going to want more of that afterwards. And You'll never find yourself satisfied, and it can usually lead us down a bad path. Who is in your boat? I want you to think about that, and I know that's maybe a harder-hitting lesson for us, but right now we're all going through a trial, right? And we're all struggling, and we're all trying to find what to do, how to do, how to feel, how to react. Let's first figure out who's in our boat with us and figure out how we can best help ourselves by realizing who can help us in our lives i want to encourage us also to put jesus in your boat well how can i do that that's one thing to read it in a passage like mark four thirty-five through 41 how do i practically put jesus in my boat through prayer can't we put jesus in our boat through our prayer life maybe you've been struggling in your prayer life what an opportunity now To increase it spend that time truly trying to reach God with prayer trying to lay all your cares all your burdens on him asking him to help you with the specific things that you're facing right now and that's a way we can put Jesus in our lives another way is through study I don't mean open up to Genesis chapter 1 and just start reading on Wednesday night, we talked about grief, and I had certain passages that we could go through that would help us specifically with this trial, with these storms that are happening in our life. I would also encourage you tonight to come to our prayer service. Um, One thing that we're going to be doing tonight is reading three different psalms and using those psalms as a prompt through certain prayers, because that's what psalms are, are are songs of praises, of lament, of sorrow, of all these different things, and we can use them in our own lives to help us not only study, but also to pray. That's another way we can put Jesus in our life. Read passages like Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, and look at how powerful God is. Even the wind and sea obey him, right? And if the wind and sea are going to obey him, don't you think that he could also help whatever issue we have going on in our life. And so that's where study and understanding what is happening in Scripture can be so beneficial for us in this time. The last way is um, to put Jesus into your life is through people, through His people, not just random people, not maybe even just friends that you have that maybe are, are more into the world than they are. Into Jesus, because, again, those people could hurt you in those moments. I also get that people that uh, claim to be Christians can also hurt you in these moments as well. So find those people who have Jesus in their life and put them in your life as well, because they will be able to help you through this time. Maybe they'll just be there to listen to you. Maybe they'll be there to hold the Kleenex for you. Maybe they'll be there uh, to offer well-spoken advice from God's Word later on. Make sure to have those people in your boat with you, and I would encourage you if you don't find somebody in this congregation, find a group of people in this congregation. There's wonderful people here who have been through a lot in their lives, and they would also be able to encourage you with whatever you're going in, uh, going through. I hope that has been somewhat encouraging this morning. I know this isn't an easy time; it's not an easy time to prepare lessons for, but I wanted to try and encourage us from God's word today and to help us to get through the storms that we have in our life. You may be here this morning, and you find yourself struggling, and you would like to ask for prayers. We would encourage you uh, to come forward this morning as we're about to sing this song, and we would love to pray with you uh, as a church family. Or maybe you're here this morning, and you're ready to put Christ on in baptism, and, and make that step in your faith, and have your sins washed away, and be added to God's kingdom. We would love that morning to be this morning as well. We just ask that if you have a need, please come while we stand and sing the song of invitation.